Fantasy Sports Radio Network. News update. In Major League Baseball, Gary Sanchez could be headed to the injured list. He's going to get an MRI on an injured groin, left groin injury on Tuesday night. John Paul Morosi of NLB Network is reporting that the Phillies and Indians have discussed a possible Trevor Bauer trade. We don't yet know how far down the road those negotiations are, but... Bauer could be moved before the trade deadline. Another name on the block could be Yasiel Puig. Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic reports that Puig, quote, appears a particularly strong candidate to be moved in a trade. News and notes from around the NFL. The Packers have released defensive lineman Mike Daniels. The Colts have placed running back Spencer Ware on the active PUP list. Coach Frank Wright said it's, quote, a muscle injury that will sideline Ware for a couple of weeks. And the New England Patriots have signed tight end Lance Kendricks. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. It's the best friends forever! Best friends forever! And now, please welcome your Your host, five eight from And with that, we welcome you inside Studio 34 for hour number two, the BFF's Action Hour, live here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And of course, brought to you by SportsGrid. He is Frank Stample. I'm Greg Sussman. Eric Young is here as well as we continue our Pittsburgh Steelers discussion, bleeding right in uh, to our Action Hour. If you missed it, check out the Fantasy Hour for more of our Steelers coverage. But gentlemen, we left off at... The big kahuna, in my mind, and that's our guy, James Conner. And people are all over the map when it comes to Conner. You either love this guy or you, you want nothing to do with him because you're either buying these reports or you're reading between the lines. And reports have stated that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be careful. They're not going to have a bell cow. They're going to use Jalen Samuels. They're going to use other pieces. And James Conner will get the ball when he gets the ball. Use the hot hand a bit. Other people believe, as I do, that throughout his career as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin's used one guy. When Le'Veon Bell was out, it was D'Angelo, uh, D'Angelo Williams. It was James Conner. When James Conner was out, it was Jalen Samuels. That was it. There was no mixing and matching. There was one guy. To me, there's no reason to feel any bit differently this year that there's going to be more than one guy. This is now James Conner's backfield, and I believe he should be drafted as such. Drafted as a first-round pick, and I expect a huge year out of Conner, Frank. Yeah, and you've kind of talked me into this as well. You mentioned the reports they've been going back and forth. The most recent one that we've heard from James Conner himself said, I expect to be used in a similar role as last year. Well, last year he was their workhorse running back. Played 78% of the Steelers' snaps. That was sixth highest among running backs last season. He was tied with who? Ezekiel Elliott as the RB7 overall in fantasy points per game last season. He averaged just over 20 touches per game. I would label that as a workhorse running back. He had only he had 13 total touchdowns in only 13 games played. Speaking of only 13 games played, 
He had 15 carries inside the five-yard line last year. That was third in the NFL. Again, he missed three games and still ranked in the top five in running in running back carries inside of the five-yard line. So you know that the touchdowns are going to be there. He is a bigger, a strong back, you know, someone that obviously can finish off his runs and score touchdowns and finish off these drives, and he proved that he can catch the ball last year as well. Let's not forget, we were talking about him being better than Le'Veon Bell last season, which just seems ludicrous now to remind ourselves of that, but on a per-touch basis, he averaged more fantasy points per per touch than in Le'Veon Bell's career with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, I've listened to what you've had to say, Greg. I've read all the reports. I've looked over the data, and I find myself settling in on, yeah, I'm in on James Conner. I'm okay with him as a late first-round pick. Yeah, we've discussed this at length, and I thought you could actually make the case that he should go above some of the guys you like, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, the aforementioned David Johnson, even potentially, uh, too. How high are you on James Conner, Eric? Uh, right now, I want to... I have him on 11, 22 overall. Uh, I don't imagine he'll move. The the guys in front of him, I just, I can't move him above those guys. Um, That's just in my opinion right now. But I mean, like you said, like things can change when we hear, start hearing the rumblings coming out of camp. They're saying that they're going to, to, to spread the ball around and, and have the other running backs more part of the game plan. I'll believe that when I see it. Like you said, Tomlin has been a guy that has used his running back as a workhorse back, and I don't see him changing his velocity. The Pittsburgh Steelers is a winning franchise. With Mike Tomlin at the head coaching position, they've won way more games than they've lost, and that's leaning on one guy that can do both things, and that's what James Conner is. I agree. That's why I'm surprised you have him all the way down at 22 overall because he could do so much. Yeah, like I said, this it's early. You yeah. mean and, and and for me, like there, you know, good guys that are ahead of him, Dalvin Cook, I could slide him down because of the injury risk, but I just believe that he is a better a better athlete th- than James Conner. Uh Damian Williams, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, those guys are all better athletes than than him. And he's a great athlete. He's a great running back. But I believe that those guys have a more more of an upside than than Connor does. Yeah, and I think that James Conner is the best all-around back that they have on the roster. You look at Jalen Samuels, he is a converted tight end in college into a running back. And last year, he was fine when he filled in for James Conner, but you know he's more so looked at as a as a pass-catching running back out of the backfield. Uh, and I think you know if anything were to happen to Conner, it's probably Jalen Samuels is the next man up. But they also use a draft pick on you no. Know, you know what I wrote in here, Greg? I wrote right. I wrote Blake Snell. My mind's still on baseball. Yeah, it's not Blake Snell. I wrote Blake Snell. It's Benny Snell yeah. who they drafted. Not Blake Snell. Feel bad for, feel bad for you. <laughs> Gosh, man, I'm just still, I, I got too much going on between baseball and football trying to keep up with both. But it's Benny Snell who they drafted out of college, not Blake Snell. Uh, and this guy is a bowling ball. He is a pure early down runner, 5'10", 225 pounds, almost 3,900 rushing yards at Kentucky, 48 rushing touchdowns. He is an early down grinder, someone that can be used on the goal line. So I think they were just trying to cover themselves. Like, if anything were to happen to Connor again, you know, he wasn't the most durable last season, then they can kind of mix and match with Benny Snell and Jalen Samuels. But overall, I think as long as Connor is healthy, he is going to have a similar role to last year, which included right around 20 touches per game. Which is very, very valuable, of course, in a league where we are looking for the man at running back, where you're looking for somebody that will not share carries. So and how high would you put him, Greg? You're the guy. You're the James Conner guy. Would you take him ahead of David Johnson? 
It's I like, got to put you on the spot. No, I know. I know you do. I'll say this. I'll take him ahead of Le'Veon Bell. I'll take him ahead of Melvin Gordon at this point, certainly with the holdout. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've lowered Melvin Gordon as well. I have him all the way down at like yep. RB12 right now. And I'm taking but that's if I'm drafting right now today. The David Johnson one is the toughest one for me because I also know that he's the guy and there's nobody else there. And if everything about that offense is what you think, like it should be a magical no season. No love for, him. for Chase Edmonds? Come on, Greg. No, no love for Chase Edmonds, Frank. <laughs> he was pretty good last year. He was. He was fine last year. But that's the one I'm closest with James Conner and David Johnson. I am taking him ahead of Le'Veon Bell with the Jets, though. So you, would you take him six overall, or is that too high? If no, I'm the not. Top five picks are running. Backs. No, you're probably taking wide receiver, right? Ta- I told you I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams before this crew running backs. So I'm very clear. So with that. pick eight, you're taking James Conner. I would do that. Right. Yeah. All right, we're gonna come back. We'll wrap things up with EY. We'll talk about Big Ben, and we'll wrap up all fantasy conversations. Come up next. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. So we're back here, Eric Young still with us, talking about the Steelers. We talked a lot about their wide receivers and their tight end and their running backs, but it all revolves around one guy, and that is Big Ben Roethlisberger. And Frank, the narrative almost Ben's entire career in fantasy football was that he was a different player at Heinz Field than he was on the road. Does that narrative still hold true? Um, let's look it up, Greg. All right. Because I didn't have uh, Ben Roethlisberger's splits available. I apologize. Uh, that's perfectly fine, Grady. But um, overall, I look at the uh, you look at the end of season numbers that he puts up every single year, and yeah, there might be some inconsistency week to week. But the same thing could be said for Drew Brees, right? I mean, he's always been much better at home, and he was still always drafted as a you know, top five quarterback for most of his career. Not as early this season as in years past, but uh, last year when it came to Ben Roethlisberger home versus road uh, at home. 19 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, a 98.7 passer rating. On the road, 15 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, a 94.4 passer rating. So I don't think we really have that many concerns over Ben Roethlisberger between the uh, the home and road splits anymore. Uh, and I'm actually pretty excited about him. I think you're getting him at a discount right now. I mentioned earlier that if you played in a super flex league, if you can pair Lamar Jackson and Ben Roethlisberger together, you know that's something I would look into doing. Even if you play in a one-quarterback league, this is something I did last year in the Flex League that we played in together. Mm-hmm. That This was an experts league where... EY was in it too. EY was in it as well, and I took Ben Roethlisberger and Patrick Mahomes as my two quarterbacks in a one-quarterback league. That's what I like to do. I like to take one upside quarterback. If you don't get one of the elite quarterbacks, I'll take one upside guy. I'll take one quarterback that I consider safe. Ben Roethlisberger was the one I considered safe. Patrick Mahomes was the upside play. Obviously, that worked out very well. So I don't mind doing something like that again this season. But Big Ben, the past three years, in terms of fantasy points per game, he's been QB3 last year. He was QB8 the year before. He was QB8 in 2016 as well. So that was that's basically been his floor. I understand there's no Antonio Brown anymore. At this point in Big Ben's career, I think that we... I think he's a quarterback that, that can also transcend the players that are around him. It's not like he's completely alone. He still has Juju. 
He still has Vance McDonald. He has James Conner to throw the ball to. We expect James Washington to take another step. They signed Dante Moncrief for a reason. They must like him. So in terms of being without Antonio Brown, I think that Big Ben will still be pretty damn good. He's thrown 28-plus touchdowns in five of his last six seasons. It's just... I feel like there's there's some disrespect here when it comes to uh, Ben Roethlisberger. They, they look at him and they're like, oh, he's one year older. Does he really have that much upside? Well, yeah, he's being drafted outside the top 12 quarterbacks, and every year he finishes inside the top eight. I would consider that to, to be upside, Greg. Eric, are you comfortable drafting Ben Roethlisberger as your starting quarterback? One quarterback leagues. Well, um, how I have it ranked? No. Uh, so I have him at number 13. I have Kyler Murray just in front of him because of, of what I think that offense is going to be. But, I mean, like Frank was saying, I mean, just finishes at seven or eight every year. He's drafted outside of that and finishes better. And how we've been talking today, we believe Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be one of the best receivers in the league. We believe Connor is going to be a very good perhaps even a bell cow running back. And we think that the other two receivers are going to do well. And Vince McDonald is going to be a top 10 tight end. So, I mean, if, if you believe even half of that stuff that we've said, you got to have Roethlisberger high because he's the quarterback. He's the starting quarterback. That is undoubtable for me. It, it, it's his health and his age. You know, those are things that, that, that worry me. He's a guy that holds the ball. He's beat up. Um, you know, he's, never been a guy that fitness looked like a real priority for him and uh he's a big dude but i mean when you get smashed on like that for for eight or ten years it catches up with you so right now i have him just outside of my my top 12 but he could move up depending on what we hear coming out of training camp how they're going what's going on with connor if all the wide receivers stay healthy you know it's really far out to to, to set your rankings in stone but roethlisberger is a guy that that i like and i mean if i got him at 12 i mean i would probably be pretty happy with that yeah it's interesting because this goes back to how people make rankings right like you can make rankings of how how you rank them and how you think it should go because even though ey has a bunch of quarterbacks listed ahead of ben he's not inside his top 12 at the moment from the sounds of it, it's like, all right, if you wind up with Ben as your quarterback, fine. Like, that, that, that's okay. And I almost believe like, that's how I'm going to have it also. Like, Ben's probably not going to get into my top 12, just looking at some of the other names ahead of him. But all these guys go. I don't have any issue having Ben as my quarterback, having a backup because he does tend to get injured a lot. Um, I'm okay with that. And Big Ben hasn't shown the signs that like, Eli Manning has shown of wearing down. Like, He's the same guy. And if I love James Conner, which I do, and if I love Juju Smith-Schuster, which I do, you have to like Ben Roethlisberger. You have to. Exactly. Everyone's talking about how much they like Juju, and they like Vance McDonald, and they want to take shots on Dante Moncrief and James Washington. You know, this is an an old adage in fantasy football. If you like all the weapons on the team, you got to like the person who's throwing those weapons the ball. I mean, that's partially the reason why we all like Jameis Winston so much this year as well, right? We all like Mike Evans. We all like Chris Godwin. We all like O.J. Howard. That means we have to like the person who's throwing him the throwing the ball, right? That would be Jameis Winston. So I think the same thing holds true for Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Greggy, I'm going to put you on the spot. Are you ready? What is a fair projection for Baker Mayfield this year? No rushing. Let's just say passing yards, touchdowns, interceptions. Most people's consensus, let's say, Top five, top seven quarterback this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's realistic to say that Mayfield will have 30 to 35 touchdowns. Is that realistic? Yeah. It's realistic, right? Mm-hmm. 4,000 passing yards. I think that's realistic. What else you want? 
That's it. Uh, interceptions. How many interceptions do you think he'll throw? I think he threw 14 last year. Yeah, I, I would say oh, I was gonna say around 15. That was be the number in my head. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little bit more. Maybe what? 15 to 20. Why can't Big Ben put up those same numbers? Yeah. Exactly. Sure. Like that's that's my point. Yeah. I said that yesterday. Baker's being drafted as like the QB five and you know, around pick eighty or whatever, and Big Ben's going forty picks later, and he's the QB fourteen and ADP right now, and I don't really see a big difference between those guys. Baker's not going to run all that much. I mean, you know, maybe he'll run a little bit here or there, but mostly the damage he's going to do for fantasy is what he does with his arm. And you know, forty, you know, four thousand yards to forty five hundred yards, thirty two, thirty three touchdowns. Like I think those are similar numbers to something that Big Ben could put up, and you're getting him. You know, three rounds later than where you're getting Baker Frank, Mayfield. So, man, what's up? May I interject? It's Chris Venture, the closer. The closer. What's Gucci? <laughs> what's Gucci? Uh, so, I think the big difference is uh, consistency with Ben. On the road, not as good. We, we, well, we, but we, 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 just, we just discussed that. that, and it's not true. It's but in, in the past, it's been true. Well, what about Maybe last year? Maybe not last year, particularly. Yeah. But in the past, it's been true. And the other thing is the upside. The Baker Mayfield upside is obviously, you know, higher at this point. The ceiling is higher. But Ben finishes the QB three last year. I mean, that's there's his, not much. That's up, there's not much more upside than that. I, I agree, but I mean, I don't, that's not happening again. Chances are that's not happening again. He just led the league. We in, love in James Conner. We love Juju. We're in on James Washington or Dante Moncrief. I think everyone's just like falling for this Baker Mayfield hype right now. I look. I get it. He's got good weapons. He's got Odell Beckham. He's got. Jarvis Landry, that's fine. He's still a second-year quarterback. He doesn't have nearly as good as an offensive line as Big Ben and the Steelers do as well. I mean, that's something else that we can factor into this. I just think, you know, Big Ben led the league in passing yards last year. He threw for like 5,200 yards. Even if that comes down by 700, he still might have more yards than Baker Mayfield. He's probably going to throw for mid-4,000s, maybe upper 4,000s in yards this year. And I would say... 30, right around 30 touchdowns, maybe a little bit more than 30 touchdowns. I, I just think that, I think we're falling a little bit too much in love with the Baker Mayfield because it's second-year quarterback. It's, you know, it's, it's the new, fresh, shiny toy that everyone always wants, Greg, for fantasy. And I, I think it's a little bit of a trap this season when, when comparing those two quarterbacks. I, I'm totally with you, man. I'm totally with you. EY, final, final thoughts here on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I feel like you want to have as many pieces um, of this offense as possible. and. Judging by our conversation, I'm going to probably have to move Ben Roethlisberger up. There you go. Where, How about from, that? From where I have him, I, I I like all the guys that I have in front of him, but I'm, I really have to just sift through it. I mean, that's why you have these conversations. That's why you watch the show. That's why you, you listen to podcasts. You do these things because you can hear something that could change your mind. And th- this is where the most important work of the season is done right now. Pittsburgh Steelers, they're pretty good this year. That's why you like them to win the division, Frank. That is correct. I think you're getting good value right now. Plus the Steelers are an underdog in the AFC North. All right. EY, we appreciate the time. We'll do it again tomorrow, my friend. We come back. BFF Action Hour commences next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. 
Did you know that Dave Matthews is a cover of this song? Right? I did not, but I enjoy the song. I sang it at karaoke over the weekend. Do you think you'll love it's it? Actually, a very dirty song. Do you think you'll love the DMV version as well? Definitely not. All right. Not even close. Get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a risk-free bet of up to 500 bucks. Here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, and place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it up to $500. Go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. Act quickly. This offer won't be around forever. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Frank, what was some Yankee game last night? That was a wild Yankee game last night. Probably the best baseball game of the season so far. Said that maybe last week or two weeks ago when the Dodgers and Phillies played, they had a similar back and forth where the Dodgers took the lead in the top of the ninth and then the Phillies walked it off against Kenley Jansen in the bottom of the ninth with Bryce Harper at the dish and the bases loaded. But this was every inning. It actually got to the point where I was too tired. I'm like, okay, this game needs to end because there's just too much going on at this point. Five-hour game. You'd think, oh, a five-hour game has probably went like 13, 14 innings. No, it was just 10 innings long. This is a really, really long game. I think it was the... I heard Joe mention this earlier today on the morning after. It was only the second time, I believe, in MLB history that a team has blown the lead in the top of the eighth, bottom of the eighth, top, top of the, the ninth, ninth, bottom of the ninth, and the top of the tenth. It was crazy. Well, they didn't blow the lead in the top of the tenth. Well, they gave it up. Well, you know, it's like changed it, hands. Oh, well, no one had the lead going into the top of the 10th. But. Yeah, basically just like, you know what I'm saying. But <laughs> top of the 8th, bottom of the 8th, uh, top of the ninth, bottom of the ninth, and then top of the 10th. It was just an absolutely bananas, bananas Yankee game last night. It was crazy. M- miraculous, miraculous. Uh, down 8-2. to two. Night for Aaron Hicks, yeah. It's his former team, the revenge game. That's what they were talking about all these years, Greg. The revenge game, yes. Yeah, this is, you know. They found it finally it. happened once out of the uh, one million revenge games we've mentioned. What is Taylor Luan? I know I'm joking around, but what is yep. Taylor Luan's... Um, what is his suspension due to the Tennessee Titans' win total right now over at the FanDuel Sportsbook? Because that's kind of how I'm looking at it, right? The win total for Tennessee at the moment is eight. I'll, I'll, we'll take this time to apologize to you, Greg. Okay. Yesterday, you said, uh, well, you know... It's not like the Titans have a chance to win the AFC South. And I said, of course they do. Anyone has a chance. They don't have a chance anymore. All right. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, But this does drastically improve them. And I just saw something on Twitter that the first, I believe it's three weeks, they face like two top pass rushes. I think one of their games is against the Jaguars and maybe against like the Texans as well. So uh, they're going to face some tough pass rush early on in the season. And you're playing without your all-pro left tackle, Greg. That's going to leave them open to a potential Marcus Mariota hit and injury. He's already been injury prone. He's had a bunch of different things happen. Broken leg. He had the nerve issue in his elbow last year. He had a neck injury last year as well. Marcus Mariota has been fragile. That's why they wanted to surround him by with a really good offensive line and a really good run game. That's you know They want to be a smash-mouth football team. You lose your all-pro left tackle. I mean, that's obviously going to change things. Is it... Is it necessarily going to affect their win total? It's probably not going to change it all that much. It might, it might change how you feel about it, like what you were going to do. But I would imagine most people probably had the Titans for like between eight and nine wins anyway. They won nine games last year. I, they're going to be a solid football team, but losing your left tackle does not help, especially an all-pro one, Greg. I'll take the under. It's, Happily. Right now it's at eight? Yeah. Eight exactly. Eight exactly. Uh, you, could, you could still end up with a push there. 
if, if it's eight and a half, I would I would like that a decent amount. Cause Taking the under. It wouldn't Frank. surprise me if there's seven or eight. I feel team. really good about that under, Frank. They're still going to try and pound the rock with Derrick Henry. I believe this is a contract year for him. They're probably going to run him into, run him into the, the ground. Run him into the ground. Yeah, like, I'm sure those, they will. Those are reports that have come out before. I'm sure they will. I just let me see the over under. Um, the under currently is minus one thirty. The over is plus one ten. Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. With the number at eight, so. Yeah, so that's the deal uh, with the Tennessee Titans and Taylor Lewan, of course, uh, being suspended. Steve Kerr came out earlier today, and he thought that Anthony Davis forcing his way to L.A. wasn't a great look, Frank. Oh, you the don't NBA say. In general. You don't say. And I don't know if that's to do with Steve Kerr's words, but the NBA and Adam Silver are looking into everything. That happened during this offseason and oh, I'm sure they are. tampering and whatnot. Oh, yeah. You don't seem to buy it. Nothing crazy happened at all last year. There's no way that LeBron was talking to Anthony Davis the entire time. There's no way that, you know, throughout the trade deadline that LeBron was trying to force the Lakers and the Pelicans' hand into making a move. There's just no way that that possibly happened last year, Greg. I think that they should probably look into it and see if there was a chance that there was some tampering involved, Greg. There's definitely a chance, but it's probably slight. Yeah, I'm going to say there's tampering involved, Frank. What are we doing here? <laughs> Even Giannis called them out when they were doing the, the All-Star draft. LeBron drafted Anthony Davis, yeah, and, and yeah. Giannis said, that's tampering. Love it. <laughs> it's hilarious. I didn't actually I mean, wa- even Giannis, who I has like, the that. thick accent, he's from another country. Yes, even he can understand that there was tampering going on in the NBA. And, oh, maybe it's something that they have to look into? Yeah, you don't say. Come on. I mean, I understand players having power is a good thing, Greg. Mm -hmm. But when we get to the point where players are like... Controlling everything? I'm not playing for this team unless you trade me. Like, the Pelicans were the team that drafted you, Anthony Davis. They took a chance on you. They paid you money. They paid you every single game that you played. And the way that you... Responded to that was by sitting out games down the stretch, Greg? Right. And trying to force them to make them trade you to the Los Angeles Lakers? Which worked. Okay, I get it. You, it didn't work in New Orleans. You tried with Boogie Cousins there. You had some success. You won a playoff series. Without it, Boogie. It wasn't going as well last year with Drew Holiday. I get it. They signed Julius Randle. The Western Conference is a... Beast, it was going to be hard to compete there no matter what. But just play out the year at least, Greg. You know, let's, okay, you, maybe around the deadline you're like, all right, I'll set out a game here or there towards the deadline. Let's see if a trade happens, whatever. But once that doesn't happen, why don't you just play out the rest of the year? You know you're going to get traded in the offseason anyway. Don't you at least owe your team that? The team that drafted you? The team that paid you every single game that you played in the NBA? Don't you at least owe them that, Greg? I would think I would think so. I, I you owe them that, but as a player, I think you have the right to be selfish. You can do that in free agency, though. You can, can't you? What if you get hurt? And once you get to the off season, you can demand a trade. You, you know, want, but you also want the most money, right? Like you want to yeah. get to the Lakers, so you can sign an extension with the Lakers, so you can make the most money from the Lakers. I just always tend to side with the players. As we just saw with Kevin Durant, Greg, even if he got hurt, he was still going to get paid. No? He's younger than Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's going to be 32 years old when he comes back from a torn Achilles, and he got paid a max contract. 
even if Anthony Davis got hurt, he was going to get paid a max contract or whatever it was. He still has a, he, And that's the other thing on this. He still had another year on his contract left. Even signing an extension with the Lakers. He still had another year out to play. You had a year and a half left to play on your contract with the Pelicans, and you were sitting out games in the second half of the season because you didn't want to risk getting hurt? I mean, at some point, like, it is a contract. It is something that you signed. It's not that, you know, if me and you sign a contract here at the Fantasy Sports Network Sports Grid, right, to do a job and come in every day and do a show, you can't just say, all right, well, there's a year left on my contract. I want to renegotiate. I want to get paid more money. I'm just, I'm just not going to do this show anymore. Is that how things work? No. In real life? No, of course not. This isn't real life, obviously. <laughs> Anthony Davis can't just sit out, is real life. You can't just sit out your job for months and then make a massive, massive payday. Is it not fair to compare the two situations? They're not comparable. Because I heard Gabe talking about this the other day, too. He said, well, you know, you can't compa- compare your 9-to-5 job you to not- being Ezekiel Elliott. Because you're not. You're not, you're not Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott. Elliott. You're not as talented as Ezekiel Elliott. Absolutely. So you can demand different things when, obviously, you're as talented as Ezekiel Elliott or Anthony Davis. I get that. But it's just like, you know, what kind of precedent does it set for anyone else? Now anybody else in the NBA or any sport, really, that just doesn't want to play for a team, but they're just not going to play? Jimmy Butler did it, too, earlier in the season. That was a disaster. I remember in fantasy basketball and for DFS purposes, half the time you didn't know if Jimmy Butler was going to play. He didn't know if he was going to play. He's like, eh, yeah, I think I'm I got like a, My quads an, an ankle me. or something. Yeah. I, I'm going to sit this one out. Yep. Trade me to uh, Philly. That's right. I don't know, man. I think he just you play, like it rubs you the wrong way. You play a dangerous game when you get into that, though. Does it also rub you the wrong way that nobody's playing for Team USA this summer? It's a world championship, it's not the Olympics. Yeah. But they wanted everybody to be like around for all four years of the cycle, theoretically. Does it bother you? Basically, everyone's backed out of it, right? Because I saw Everybody. even like Julius Randle's getting called to play Jalen Brown. Like nine players have jumped. How about even out? Bradley Beal jumped out of it? Dame Lillard. He did. LeBron James. So here are the players that have opted out. Ready? Anthony Davis, James Harden, Damian Lillard, DeMar DeRozan, Bradley Beal, Eric Gordon, Toby Harris, Kevin Love, and CJ McCollum. They're still going to win. They're still going to win, Greg. I mean, this is what Does it happens. bother you? Like, this, I'll compare this to the World Cup, right? When the U.S. plays in the World Cup, they'll have all their best players. They can go up against Brazil's B team and still lose. We'll lose. Exactly. So, I'm not. Nah, it doesn't really bother me. Plus, it's just like the World Championship, right? Like, does that really matter for anything? Well, we saw in the past when these players don't all get together and then just come together for the Olympics, it doesn't always work. And that's how they eventually fell to Spain. <laughs> does that even really matter either? No, of course it doesn't matter. There's millions of, doll- there's millions of dollars on the line. Of course, line they'd here. rather win, like, an NBA championship. Will this matter? True, true question. Yep. If you were bet on the NBA, the basketball world championships in Shanghai, knowing that the NBA doesn't have their best team, this is good. You're going to get them at better odds. You're going to get the U.S. team at better odds. Great. They'll still be the heavy favorite, yes, but like, but not as much as if they had LeBron James and Anthony Davis and all these guys. Maybe playing. you take the Spaniards, man, with the Gasols playing. No, 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 no. You still take U.S. <laughs> Ricky Rubio. No. <laughs> I'll still take uh, the the NBA's. C team against Spain's A team. It depends what the odds are. I'll say that. Of course, yeah. I mean, you can get things that value, but you don't just want to piss away money either, right? Nah, I don't like pissing. Or money. 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. All right, so we're back here. Fantasy football conversation over for the day. We're, of course, it's the action hour. We'll go over all of our best bets from the MLB. We had it, we just are, it just happened, I believe, over on ESPN. Steve Barber had his press conference. Seems like it went well with Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi and Paul and George. Paul George, yeah. Yeah, obviously, we haven't been able to see anything. I don't know if you got any quotes from there, but I'm don't. sure it's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of fun, it seems. generic speak. It's going to be a lot of Kawhi Leonard saying, uh, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> and then it's going to be uh, Paul George. Can you do that again? Uh, just saying something similar. Is just, all right, yeah, we're all excited to be here in L.A. and blah, blah, blah. Looking forward to trying to bring another championship to Los Angeles. and Whatever it is, it's fine. Uh, if you're a Clippers fan, you're excited. If you live in L.A., Greg, how do you decide what team to root for? Well, you have a team, man. Like, we live in New York. We, That's true. We, we, but I'd imagine there's a lot of people... I wouldn't be surprised if there was people that probably, it's obviously going to be more of the casual fan yeah. that jumped ship. That was like, all right, well, once LeBron so came here, like, I'm going to be a Lakers fan because so I live Flor- in LA. you think Florio's jumping ship? I don't know. It's a good question to ask him. There you go. I don't know. How about that? I mean, I guess he's still a Knicks fan, right? Or, or that's, what he's, that's what he'll say. Yeah, why would you be a Knicks fan? Um, yeah, all right. got off. Uh, Kawhi Leonard said this. He thanked the city of Toronto. I'm not on social media, so I wasn't able to put out a paragraph or whatever. <laughs> He's like the Bill Belichick of, uh, of players, huh? That's pretty accurate. <laughs> Bill Belichick's like doing a show. Yeah, he is. You see that with Rich yeah, Eisen and Chris that. Collinsworth? Yeah. It's for like NFL 100. What does he call it? He called it Snapface. <laughs> yeah. He called social media Snapface. So not Steve, Snapchat, not Facebook. So Snapface. S- Steve Ballmer's basically like the new Mark Cuban as an owner of the NFL. He's like, oh, I'm watching this like 17-second video. He always has been, really. He's been really animated on the court. Dude. He's, like, really involved with the organization. He's going nuts. Why wouldn't you, Greg? If you own a team and you got two uh, of the five best two-way players in the NBA, you wouldn't yeah, be excited? Yeah, I would lose my mind, Frank. Yeah. For sure. Which I have as much money so as warranted. does. You know. You had time to think over the break. Um, did, did you come to a conclusion as to whether or not you actually enjoy uh, money or pissing? I like both. <laughs> <laughs> I like both. What happened there, huh? I was trying to be funny, and I went the wrong way. Well, you were. I don't, I I don't like money, and I don't like pissing. I like both. I like both. Don't piss your money away. Yeah. Uh, on the one hand, okay. Let's get into our best bets of the evening. Frank, how did we do last night, bud? Last night, so you, you Greg. Uh-huh. Yeah. You called the... Uh, I did. My upset special of the, the night. upset special of the night. You laughed at me. You probably should have made that your best bet. I know. Because your best bets went... Oh for two. Both of them? Yes, they did. Really? And I went two for one on my uh, round robin. Two for two for one? Uh, two and one. There you go. That two makes more sense. Yeah. I went two and one. I should have made robin. the cheap man the Chiefs. The um, Royals, my best bet. I knew it. I said it from the beginning. I was a special plus one ninety eight last night. Well, you settled on the Cubs money line. If you would have went with what you first no, said, I didn't. the Cubs over. It's the Cubs over. You were the money line guy. No, but then you actually you were like, nah, I like the money line. That's how the show ended. So that's what I wrote you down as. Really? The Cubs went over. 
I think they finished with five to four in extras, and it was seven and a half. I just missed my other over, didn't I? I think it finished four to three or yeah, something like that. It was nine. In the Cardinals and Pirates game. Yeah. I, I, you went over for two last night. You're two and two on the week. I went two and one. I'm three and two on the week. I don't week. get anything in my upset special? Nothing? An as- I'll put an asterisk. Can I get the asterisk, please? Uh, one and zero oh in upset specials is being written down right now. I'll take it. That's you didn't make it your best bet. You should have. I asked you if you wanted it. You did. You specifically did ask me. Yes. We got some baseball going on right now. Do we not? We have a lot of baseball going on right now. First leg of a double header. A lot header. of baseball going on right now. The Rockies and Nationals. Nationals are up 3-2 to two right now. And the, the Rockies have pretty much imploded here, huh, Greggy? Should they be sellers? Yes. What are they selling? Well, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was going to That was going to be my next what question. What are you, Charlie Blackman? Are you selling that? He's taking that contract. Nobody is. So you're not going to get fair value for him. You have to obviously, uh, you have to give up. You you might have to attach something with him to get rid of his salary. So maybe Ian Desmond, something like that. I don't know. Nolan Arenado, you're keeping around. Trevor Story, you're keeping around. David Dahl, you're keeping around. That's basically your young core. Maybe Daniel Murphy. Maybe that's someone they try to shop here. They They don't have any pitching to give up. Maybe like Scott Oberg, you know? Someone in their bullpen, like a setup man or something? So they got nothing to give up. But, um, yeah, Wade Davis has not pitched well for them in the closers role either. Poor poor Rockies here. They're imploding. Chris Ventura's Rockies. I know he has a Rockies hat. Yes, he does. He does. All right, best bets of the night, Frank. Let's do it, please. The Cubs and the Giants. Tyler Chatwood on the mound with John Lester being scratched due to an illness. This game just started already, Greg. Oh. About to start. It's about to start. Tyler Beattie. Oh, he won't. Counted as anything. I like Tyler Beatty today. How about you? Tyler Beatty. Yeah, I mean, what was it? They're seven and, 17 and 3 in their last 20 games, the San Francisco Giants. So it's hard to bet against them right now. Uh, and, and someone's just being thrust in there as a spot starter for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, yeah, I would probably lean with Tyler Beatty and the Giants. I don't love Beatty in this spot. I like what he's done recently, but the Cubs strike me as a. Uh, it's a tougher lineup, and he can struggle with walks at times. So I'd probably lean with the Giants, but I, I don't like it as much as you do. Alrighty. Indians and Blue Jays at 7.07. It could be Marcus Stroman's last start with the Toronto Blue Jays. He may have one more left in him, but Blue Jays and Indians, Bieber, Stroman. Good one. Yeah, this is a really, really fun game here between Shane Bieber and Marcus Stroman tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Shane Bieber on the season, 3.69 ERA. Marcus Stroman, a 3.06 ERA, Greg. The total is at 8.5. This is a tough one because Bieber's pitched really well. Obviously, so has Stroman. Stroman and the Blue Jays are home dogs. Obviously, they're not as talented of a team as the Indians have. You're getting plus 118 with the Blue Jays. So, I can see that. You know, maybe the crowd's really amped up because it's it's Marcus Stroman's potentially last start here and they're all excited for him. I think I would lean with the Blue Jays, maybe lean with the under here, but I don't really feel confident either. Yeah, my favorite bet here is the under. I like the under 8.5 a lot. It's just so hard to take an under in baseball nowadays, know, you know? I know. There's so many runs scored. It's so many home runs. We'll hit. make it a best bet. We'll do it. You're making it a best bet now. I am. All right. You really <laughs> you turned that around very quickly. What so. do you mean? I said I like the under from the beginning. Cleveland, Toronto, under, under eight, eight and a half. Okay. It's one of my best bets of the night. Padres and Metsies to Nelson Lamette, Noah Syndergaard. Syndergaard and the Mets, minus 162 favorites tonight with the total at eight and a half. Nelson Lamette has not really looked great yet. He's still kind of uh, 
building up that arm straight strength, working himself back from Tommy John. He has a 5.14 ERA so far since returning from said Tommy John. Noah Syndergaard has uh, recently rediscovered his slider and has been pitching much better. Noah Syndergaard, any chance he's traded, Greg? Did you see the report from John Hammond yesterday? I did see the report from John Hammond yesterday. Yankees will not consider trading Debbie Garcia unless it's for Noah Syndergaard. Understandably so, and it would cost Debbie and more to get Noah Syndergaard, I'm sure. Uh, I do not think Noah Syndergaard gets traded. Yeah, the Mets are big favorites tonight in this one. Uh, I would not bet on them alone because it's just too much to lay down at minus 162 money line. Maybe we can find a parlay later on, but it's not even like I'm that confident in the New York Mets either. I don't love this game, Greg. Let's continue on. I'm not confident in this game either. Of anything, I like the under here between Lamette and Syndergaard. Kansas City and Atlanta, Brad Keller, Jose Tehran. Braves are once again a heavy favorite. This time, I actually like the Braves much more than the Royals. Uh, did, uh, did Julio Tehran change his name, Greg? Did you uh, just call him Jose? You called him Jose Tehran? <laughs> yes, you, you him, did. Oh, really? It's <laughs> weird. Uh, Julio Tehran. Julio Tehran on the mound tonight. A 3.61 ERA going up against Brad Keller. Keller. 4.18 ERA. The Atlanta Braves are the home team. They're laying 198, minus 198 in this one. The total is 9.5. So far, I have not loved this slate, Greg. This is a game I'm staying away from as well. Anything you like here? No. I can see the Braves obviously winning, so maybe this is a parlay. We'll save that for later. See if we find another team that we really like. See what we can find. And maybe it's not in Chicago between the White Sox and the Marlins. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez taking on Zach Gallen. Correct. This is a close one, too, because I want to like Zach Gallen and the Miami Marlins. They've split the first two games of the series. On Monday, I was on the Marlins. Trevor Richards did not come through. Last night, I was on Caleb Smith. The Marlins did come through. He pitched extremely well. And... I want to like Zach Gallon in this spot because I just don't really like the Chicago White Sox bats here. They're playing without Eloy Jimenez still, obviously. But Ronaldo Lopez has actually pitched well recently. Relatively. His, uh, his, I saw that his velocity, his velocity is always up. Let's just get that out of the, get that out of the way first and foremost. But uh, his velocity has been up even higher recently, and he's going up against uh, the, the paltry Miami Marlins lineup. I might be interested in the total here in this game, Greg. The total okay. is at nine. Like that, you like that under, huh? Yeah, it's going to be one of my best bets. One of the best bets. Zach Gallon right now. The Lopez going under. I'm pumped for that six-run first inning against the White Sox. Yeah, admittedly, uh, Ronaldo Lopez is a very volatile starting pitcher. Uh, Zach Gallon has been, he's been up and down. He hasn't necessarily lived up to the expectations that we've all had for him, but... Again, overall, it's just two lineups that I don't think are very good. So I'll take the under nine between Gallon and Ronaldo Lopez. Two Can you more. get behind, behind that, Greg, or not really? I see where it's coming from. Okay. I don't hate it. Um, I wouldn't do it, but I, I see where it's coming from. <laughs> I, I, I'm probably the only person in America who would bet on the Marlins game three games in a row. I agree. Yeah. A lot of generous out there, though. <laughs> True. Yankees and Twins after last night's epic clash. It's Jay Happ and Jake Odorizzi. Both teams need length from their starters. Do they get them? No, I mean, from the Yankees' perspective, definitely not. Jay Happ, they're not letting him touch any teams through the, the third time through the order. They're just not letting him pitch, and rightfully so. I mean, you see the numbers that bear out. The further he goes into games, um, obviously the numbers go down, and or rather, I guess in this case, go up against him. But he's given up a lot of home runs. He just he's 
Hasn't been close to the pitcher that he was last year. Funny how that works, right? He pitches really well in a contract year, gets a contract, and then sucks. Not like we've ever seen anything like that in baseball before. Not only that, the Twins are second in the entire MLB in weighted on-base average against left-handed pitching this year at 362. The Yankees are also much better against right-handed pitching. They are third. Can I interest you in... Man, I would say the total, but it's at 11. And they just played a ton of innings last night. I want to like the over. Normally, I would look at this, right? And yep. the fact that yep. Yankees are really good against righties. The Twins are really good against lefties. But it's just such a big number. And the fact that they played a long-ass game last night. Five-hour game, ten innings, an emotional game. Like, would it, would it surprise you if they came out flat in this one? Odorizzi has been the better pitcher so far this year. So, the Yankees might have the better lineup. It's two really good lineups. This is a tough game, man. Anything you like here, Greg? I'm probably staying away. Probably staying away as well. I want to like the over. I want to like the over. It's high. But I like Odorizzi more as the pitcher on the mound, too, so I can't even really feel confident in a side here. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're pretty even offensively. No more Gary Sanchez in the lineup, too, so uh, Austin Romine probably going to catch tonight. That takes another bat of the Yankees lineup. <sighs> I'm not touching this one, Greg. Final game tonight, Frankie. It's the Angels and the Dodgers. Jaime Maria. Ross Stripling. Dodgers, a heavy favorite. Very heavy at minus 205 here against the Los Angeles Angels. The Battle of Los Angeles, but not Bola. really. It's uh, Ross Stripling against ba- uh, Barria, and Barria has been destroyed recently as well. So I actually wouldn't be surprised if we go over that 10 total here. It's just a matter of, can the Angels do enough against Ross Stripling because he's pitched well recently as of late? So, I don't love this game. I think I'm just going with one. Going with one best bet for the night, Craig. That's uh, the Marlins and White Sox under nine. You are the Indians and Blue Jays under eight and a half. Do you like anything in this uh, Battle of Los Angeles? Put another check mark in the upset special tonight column. Uh-oh. It's the Angels over the Dodgers tonight, folks. Angels over the Dodgers tonight. There you go. He's Frank Special. I'm Greg Sussman. Thanks to everybody downstairs. EY Mentor too. See you next time. We hope. hope. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. What did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs. Taylor Luan, the starting left tackle, uh, all-pro left tackle, suspended for the first four games of the season due to failing a drug test. He actually released a video uh, on Twitter himself saying, listen, I took a banned substance having no idea uh, that I took it. Um, It was nothing on the label. I... We'll give you, I did a polygraph test to prove that I didn't know what I was taking. I've never done anything like this wrong uh, in my life. The guy was in tears, but it is his responsibility. He ultimately has failed this drug test. The Tennessee Titans will be without their starting left tackle, Taylor Luan, for the first four games of the NFL season. EY, how does this affect uh, your boys, specifically Derek Henry and Marcus Mariota? That's scary, man. I mean, he's one of the highest paid uh, tackles in the game. He's one of the best left tackles. Uh, buddy of mine, guy that I know pretty well. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't I mean we're not best friends or anything, but uh, we were talking about uh, he's got a really cool podcast called Bussin' with the Boys. If you guys like uh, 
boys being boys, it's a it's a fun thing to watch. But that that's scary, man. I mean, he that's the linchpin of your offense is the center and the left tackle. It's it's obviously very important. I believe that they'll still be able to run, but it does scare me for Marcus Mariota more than anything. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, this is a an offensive line that was rated fourth overall by Pro Football Focus heading into the 2019 season. And we know that what they want to do is control the clock. They want to run the football with Derrick Henry. They want to play a smash-mouth brand of football. And obviously, being without an all-pro offensive lineman, specifically your left tackle, is a really, really big piece to lose here for the Tennessee Titans. So maybe we uh, notch things down a little bit here for Derrick Henry and specifically Marcus Mariota. Monster lost there for the Tennessee Titans who lose here, Taylor Luan, their starting left tackle due to a suspension. Let's get back into the Baltimore Ravens here, and specifically Lamar Jackson. I told you that in the playoffs, when a defense forced him to pass the ball, he struggled. He passed the ball against the Chargers 29 times. He was just 14-29 for 194, did throw two touchdowns and an interception, but took seven sacks in this one. He only rushed the ball nine times, successfully of course, 54 rushing yards. I get what you're going to say, Frank. The floor for Lamar Jackson is extremely high because of how much he runs the football. You saw since he got in the game, since he became the starter, I mean, he was running the ball almost 15 times every game. 17 rushing attempts per game was his average once he became a starter from week 11 on. 79 rushing yards per game, Greg. It was awesome. He had four touchdowns in that span as well. He was a vital part of the offense. The problem is, while that floor, floor for rushing the ball is extremely high, if a team is like the a defense is like the Chargers and forces them to pass the ball, be sure to follow all our social media at FNTSY Sportsnet and at FNTSY Radio. And now I'm tweeting about you, bruh. 